G'day ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another Guitar Wank podcast. Thank you for joining us and taking the time out of your busy schedule to listen to us. Obviously you don't have anything better to do, which is fantastic. Or maybe you're driving or working out or trying to sleep or ignoring people around you and on your way to a gig, off to work, you're sitting on the train. We get a lot of this, people saying they're sitting on the train and they're laughing their asses off and people are just looking at them weird. We love hearing that feedback and we've been getting that all over the world, which is fantastic. And thank you so much for the feedback. If you have queries, questions, abuse, suggestions, guitarwank at gmail.com. Keep them coming. We're reading them. We're going to get to all the questions. We're just playing catch up at the moment. So hang in there and we will eventually look at your questions and address them on the show. The big news, of course, last week's show was such a success, really great with Tim and Pete to come in. Uh, We will have more of those shows in the next coming weeks. I think we've got two more of that session of just us hanging out and just laughing. It was so much fun with those guys, Uh, really awesome, and we thank them so much. So make sure you give them lots of support on their shows and their YouTube accounts. If you haven't listen to the past interviews. We've got John Pisano, and I know we've got more of him coming up too that we're going to release, which is fantastic. John, what an amazing guy. 85, jazz legend, great stories, just an amazing man. So that's really cool. Go back and listen to that. And also further back, we have the amazing Albert Lee interview that Bruce did, which, I mean, Albert Lee, what are you going to do? I mean, the guy's amazing and such a such a great guy, really cool. And uh, Lawrence Huber, who came in as well, and that was another great interview we had. So if you haven't listened to them, go back in the episodes and listen to them. Oh, well, the Guitar Wank Roadshow, it's becoming crazier as time moves forward. We're getting close, ladies and gentlemen. Guitar Wank Roadshow, uh, if you need to reserve seats, guitarwank at gmail.com. And we will make sure you have a seat. You can hit the donate button, throw us a couple of bucks or whatever you can do, whatever you can afford. We really appreciate that's moving the whole project along and it's keeping Bruce and Scott off the streets, which is more important for the young people of today. Also, the Guitar Wank VIP experience. Um, If you are interested in that, we have that open. There's still spots available. You come to the Guitar Wank Roadshow, VIP seating, and then we take you we take you out to dinner afterwards and then we come back to Prohibition Studios at the uh, the after dinner and you guys just basically have a one-on-one with Bruce and Scott and ask them, play, jam, whatever you guys want to do. It's totally up to you. you got them. The Guitar Wank Roadshow, it's September 1st, Thursday, September 1st. I think doors are opening around noon. 1 p.m. the show starts and uh, it's at the Musicians Institute in Hollywood, California. Sir, going to be there, D'Addario, Wireworld Cables, Dunlop, RiffmasterPro.com, and also Reverb are helping us out. So big thanks to Reverb and all those guys out there. So the support has been amazing for this show. Seats are filling up, but there's still a few left. We have to thank our sponsors. Anyway, D'Addario, Guitar Strings, thank you guys. Fishman Triple Play, Jimmy Dunlop, Guitar Picks. Look out for the Guitar Wank guitar picks from Jimmy Dunlop. My Music Masterclass, so much amazing video stuff there. Bruce's new video and Scott's new video, plus all their others. Sennheiser Microphones, thank you guys. We really appreciate it. Sir Guitars and Amps, Wireworld Pro Audio Cables. If you are a VIP Guitar Wank experience, if you're doing that, you get a free Wireworld guitar cable, which is like over a hundred bucks. So thank you guys so much for that support. And Exotic Pedals, RiffmasterPro.com. And two notes, I think. 
I think I've got it all. Anyway, so that's that. I think I've covered everything. I'm sure I've forgotten something. But anyway, shut up, McCubbin. Let's get on with it. Scotty and Bruce, welcome. What have we got installed for the listeners this week? Here's a good question. I, I like this question because I, I feel like I fall into this sometimes. And it happens probably to all of us, especially with the media and the content that is out there nowadays. Hi, guitar wankers. Thanks for doing these podcasts. They are great. I have a question that I'm struggling with in terms of practice. Okay, I know this is a practice question, but let me finish it. I only have a limited let amount of time. Let me finish. <laughs> you only have a limited amount of time. I, was, I, 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 had, writing a, I had, a, guy had a glass ready to throw at Troy before he said, let me finish. <laughs> no, but Jake, the guy has a limited amount of time and he's writing a question to us. Don't you think you've been better he off? He should have been practicing to write this play I can't even say he's... Hope, what, are you going to die or are you going to prison? What, you know? Andy in London. Good on you, Andy. Thanks, mate. Okay. I, I, so I struggle with this too. I only have a little, limited amount of time, practice each day because it's a busy job, life gets in the way. Maybe I get 30 or 45. That's that's actually pretty good. There is a massive amount of stuff to learn with songs, chord harmony, improvisation, ear training, scales, fretboard knowledge, technique, etc. blah, 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 blah. How do I juggle and schedule all those topics? Like it, it does feel overwhelming sometimes. It's like you want to be a better player? What do you, do you do little bits at a time of each thing, or you do you do just the best play? you can with what the time you have? I mean, just like anybody else does. Let's see. That yeah. was the simple. But I would, I, I would say too. You got to look at it this way. And I mean, I don't mean any disrespect to this guy at all, because there's been plenty of days where I have only That's had an hour. Never, of you never want to hear what comes you know, after somebody says. You know, no, no. But I was, I was saying that literally. I mean. You're just not going to get where you think you need to be if you're only practicing an hour a day. Yeah. It's just not enough time. Mm-hmm. Most of the good players practice eight hours a day or more. Mm. You know, There have to be at least some days where you've given yourself that much time to practice. Now, I've got plenty of days where I could only practice for a half an hour. And, but there are days where I make myself, I make the time somehow. Mm-hmm. If I have to reschedule stuff, if I have to do something, I say, man, I'm really getting rusty. I need a day to shed, a whole day. But you, you guys know, you like, guys did like, all the foundation work when you were younger and you had that time and less responsibilities. Yeah, but it, it doesn't matter because you get rusty mm. if you don't play. Yeah. You know, no matter what wealth of practice time we both have accumulated over our careers, over yeah. our many long <laughs> careers. Long, career? long, long, if, long, long. If, if I don't, if, if, if I don't play for five days in a row, if I only play one hour a day for five days in a row, I'm going to go down. Right. Like I need at least one day a week where I've got the guitar in my hand for at least five or six hours. Yeah. So I can just get back up into shape and, and, and really, really, have a day with my instrument just just to catch up on everything so that everything's at the top of my head. Otherwise, cobwebs start to form, you know? So my suggestion would be somehow reschedule your shit so that you can practice, have a nice four or five hour practice session and you'll feel better about where you're at because that will really help. You know, rather than just saying, okay, I'm only going to practice a half an hour a day and that's just the way it is. You can change that. You can figure out a way. 
to give yourself a you, little bit more you time. You might have with to get up at four thirty in the morning. You might have to. You might yeah. have to go to bed really late one night. But if you can spend a good four or five hours with your instrument, it really does get the cobwebs out. Mm -hmm. You know, and I need that at least once a week, where I'm spending a, a good chunk of my time of the day with my axe. Otherwise, I feel like. Rust is coming in. Rust is settling. Amen. Amen. I don't mean any respect. Disrespect. <laughs> any respect. <laughs> don't mean any respect here. But um, yes, I agree with that totally. However, whatever time you got, make the most of it. And don't necessarily beat your ass up about it. And don't get all anal and try to do two 20 seconds of this and 40 yeah, that's seconds. That's the worst that. thing you can just, do. Just play. Just play and yeah. let it go where it's going to yeah. go. But he's right. You do, if you really want to get good, you need more time because time equals progress. The other thing is, how? what about when you're not playing? There's a lot of progress and practice can be done with the instrument not in your hand. Hearing music, thinking of music, conceiving the way you approach playing things, listening to things and figuring out what they are, training your ears while you're listening to music on the radio. Turn everything off and just listen to the sounds in your head and think about the sounds you want to create. I mean, there are things that can be done to help get you better. I'm not going to, nothing's going to replace all the hours he's talking about, of course. But there are things that can be done that do create incremental progress and make you happier. You're absolutely right. That's really tr everything totally true. Yeah. I would say another thing, if you're, Say if you're writing, you don't need to be with your instrument to write. You can have your iPhone on record and you can be in your car and you could be singing rhythms and singing ideas into your iPhone. You know, you could you can you can just, you know, you can drive with one hand on the wheel and have your hand going like this on the seat and just sing that's you know, sing what's in your head. You're making a blueprint of your tune. You're not writing harmony or melody, but you're writing rhythms. And the coolest thing is it's happening in real time. Mm. So you're actually, sometimes you compose your best shit when you're just improvising. And that's just, you don't really necessarily need your, your instrument to improvise. You can improvise rhythms with just by singing. Yeah. And sometimes you have a blueprint for a whole tune before you even pick up your instrument. You know, so, or if you're thinking about becoming a better imp improviser, you listen to solos and you memorize them. You, you memorize them so that you're able to listen to, like, say, a John Coltrane solo and sing right along with it and stop every time he stops and start every time he starts and sing the contours and not, not like Beyonce, but just <laughs> be able to sing, you know, the ups and downs, the contours and the shapes of what they're playing, because those rhythms that you memorize will come out when mm. you play. That's your, that's your rhythmic vocabulary, and that's where you learn it by transcribing it from other people. And that's the beauty of it. You don't need your instrument to transcribe. All you need is your brain and listen and remember. So you listen to music more analytically than just listening to it to enjoy it. You listen to it to learn from it and to memorize it. Man, I'm telling you, I, I probably can sing every Wayne Shorter solo on every Weatherport record because wow. I've listened to him. How could I not? I've listened to him hundreds of times. Yeah. So I can sing these 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 beautiful melodies that, you know, and I know that sometimes when I play, I'm channeling those those rhythms that I've learned from everybody. I, I do this one lick, and every time I do it, 
I know where I got that lick from. It's from the the guitar solo in What Is Hip. You know the you, you know the Tower song Power. the Tower of Power. Yeah, what is yeah, hip? yeah. He plays this rhythm in that solo, and every time I play that rhythm, I think of him. You it's, know? Thr- it's a threat, like it takes you back. It takes me back to That's that cool. moment. That, yeah, or like there's some rhythms I learned from Jimmy Page and Jimi Hendrix. Yeah. And every time I play those things, my mind takes me back to the guy I learned it from. You know, and it's not really a note thing; it's more of a rhythm, rhythm thing. thing. Yeah, yeah, but it's like. There you go. You know, that's, that's some other all stuff. awesome. I was wondering, you, you got, Bruce, you have something else? Yeah, yeah. I mean, and then again, I'm going to just going to go further with it because we seem to be taking this further. <laughs> On top of that, really, as if you are a musician, or you can be a guitar player too if you want, but I prefer <laughs> to be a musician. <laughs> Since um, when? <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, it's like everything feeds into that. You know, stop thinking, well, you only got 30 minutes to play guitar, therefore you only play music for 30 minutes a day. What the hell is that? You know, your old lady pisses you off. Something funny happens. Make music out of that. Yeah. That feeds into the music. Things you're listening to, like Scott <clears throat> says, things you're thinking about, ideas you may have. You may hear a sound of a guitar on something that just I gives you an idea of a whole new sonic landscape that you want to explore at some point. That's being a musician. You're not a musician for those 30 minutes you're practicing. You're a musician all the time. Mm-hmm. That's really, that's cool. And, it, and it's Great really advice. easy sometimes to let the things, especially like when you're doing something dumb like driving around in your car. Right. You've got all this space. You've got all this time that you could be using for music Instead of thinking about, oh, okay, let's think about the bills I have to pay, or let's right. think about or, this, or, or let's think about that. Arguing with your, you know. Yeah, you've got all that time. Anytime you've got time to yourself and you're you're alone, especially when you're driving, those are great times to be a musician. Yeah. You know, so. But uh, you're always one. You're always yeah. one. Even when you're arguing with your wife or changing your baby's diaper or filling car, you know, whatever, you're always a musician. You're always, yeah. if you burp, burp in time. If you fart, <laughs> Fart in time. If, you, if you've got baby's poop all over your hands, you're probably thinking about one of my records. Yeah, right. And I definitely wouldn't clap on two and four. Do <laughs> so you guys have and, a- and another just quick yeah. practice tip? And I would just want to reiterate this. And and you know, I thought about this from last time because Bruce gave me some shit about it, but I wasn't really thinking about improvising. But when you're trying to learn something. And I mean by learn something, I mean memorize something. Like you're trying to get something under your fingers. Mm. Take breaks. Right. Yeah. Practice for 20 minutes because your brain gets your brain gets just any doctor will tell you that your brain only really functions at its top learning capacity for about 20 minutes. Then you take a little break, take five minutes, take 10 minutes, get something to drink or get something to eat, come back, hit it hard for another 20 minutes, and you'd be surprised how much more you remember mm. by just doing that. It's a simple little thing, yeah. you know. Now, when it comes to blowing solos, <laughs> you know, play for play for 10 hours blow, at a time. I, 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 he calls his solos. <laughs> I call it blowing chokes. <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> then you just play your guitar all day, you know. But, but you know, Do you know that one yeah. in the story? What? This guy, he uh, goes in the bar, you know, and he... He orders a glass of water, and the bartender's really worried about him. He says, are you okay, man? You know, you all right? He says, yeah. He says, but, well, then, he says, no, water. He says, what's wrong? He says, well, you know, I got really hammered last night. He says, no, I know I was here. I was serving you. He says, 
Yeah, I just, I mean, I got really, really funny. He says, I know, he says, you know, well, here, have, you know, hair of the dog. That'll, that'll be, he says, no, you don't understand. I mean, like, I went home last night and I had blue chunks, you know. And he says, well, you know, we all throw up after we drink too much. It's no big deal. You know, he says, no, you don't understand. He says, chunks is my dog. <laughs> Good one. That is a good one. Uh, I just I, I got a, I got a joke that half our listeners are going to think is funny, and the other half are not. Right. Divide. Let's right, divide well, them. Really Try good. It. Which it's half really you are? Funny because because <laughs> I have to say this: really hip people, really hip musicians have thought this joke was the funniest joke, and that includes, like, Peter Erskine, who laughed for an hour. <laughs> Jeff Berlin, Dennis Chambers, they laugh for an hour on this joke. And then I tell it to some people, and they just don't think it's funny at all, which doesn't mean they're not hip. It just means that it's just... They're not drummers. Sometimes <laughs> sometimes <laughs> a joke that falls flat, but I'm going to tell you the joke. I want to hear it. All yeah. right, here it is. Okay. It's about a guy with a big orange head. <laughs> he has a huge orange head. <laughs> and he's on the bus. Donald Trump. He's on, yeah, he's on the bus with this, sitting next to this guy. And the guy says, "How the hell did you get that big orange head?" And the guy says, "Well, uh, I picked up a lamp and I rubbed it, and a genie came out. And you know, he said you can have three wishes. So the first wish, of course, I asked for like tons of hot women, and I got them." Just like tons. I got so many girlfriends. They're all gorgeous. You know, it's amazing. And of course, the second thing I asked for was just millions of dollars. And I'm rich, <laughs> totally rich. And the guy says, yeah, but how did you get the big orange head? And the guy goes, well, that's where I went wrong. <laughs> 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 no, that is so stupid. But I think it's funny. It is. It's sort of like the duck, really. It just takes a left turn. You just go, what? He asked for it. But, the, but then he still had the money in the chick, so why is he yeah, on the bus? Right. <laughs> right. Why is he on the bus? Right. I never thought of that. Right, next question, oh, please. That's great. Do you guys do you guys have a habit? You know, you're in practice. You're practicing a lot. You're on your instrument a lot, and then there's there goes a, a period of time, just unforeseen circumstances, where you can't be on your instrument. Do you find that you become you become more agitated. You're you have less patience with people. You become a little bit more angry because you haven't had that time on your instrument or to do your art, and you're getting. Does do you find that? I know I do that. Even, I, I get angry. You, I'll tell you the truth. Even if I've been playing all the time, you know, teaching and just like shedding and doing yep. all that, and if I'm not gigging enough, I get a little tweaky. Yeah. Yeah, it's just part of my mental health. Yes, yep. I would say yes. Scott, do you feel that at all? Yeah, I get. I feel um, it's hard to put into words what I feel. I feel I'm angry at myself. I'm not yeah, angry at anybody else. But it comes out. I, I know just, I get angry. At myself. I just feel like I just feel like a worthless lump of shit. <laughs> well, maybe you, know? you should be lying on the couch. Yeah, <laughs> I just you know I feel I just walk around and I just go. 
I'm not at the top of my game right now. Like if I had to play a gig right now, I'd probably embarrass myself. Yeah, yeah. And I don't like to feel that way. I like to feel like if I had to jump on stage right now, I could hold my own. But there's times where I don't get to practice and I just feel like I'm away from my, like right now, what's really bothering me is that I haven't written any music for a long time. Mm. And by written music, I mean like really writing it, not right. just arranging some shit. But composing I mean, like, for your own Really stuff. composing yeah. for a new album and really locking myself in my room and facing my demons. Because mm. I got a lot of demons to face, man. After you've done like as many, I've got like 87 or 88 songs out there. Trying not to write them again, right. that's fucking hard. Yeah. Right, and then I got all the all the the all the great music that's been out there before I came along, and how the hell am I supposed to write a song? You know, I mean, what you know, what one person came up to me and said, "You know what I like the most about Vibe Station? It's not your playing, it's not in, it's not your tones. It's just the fact that you sat there for who knows how many hours, and you came up with some good music that no one ever came up with before." That's wow. so fucking hard to do in this day and age yeah. that that it's ridiculous. Yeah. So when I think about having to do it again, holy fucking shit. That I is just a lot feel of pressure. Like it's a lot of pressure, man. And I and but I need to do it and I will. Mm. But I'm not looking forward to it. <laughs> <laughs> is it, I, is there something you, you you don't want to put off but subconsciously you might put it off because it's by subconsciously it's a it's a demon. Right. It's like gigs are fun because you get to go out there and play with your friends and hang with the audience and play. And it's like, and a gig is a vacation for me. Yeah. That's easy. Locking yourself in your bedroom and trying to actually compose music that's hopefully original sounding and hopefully not writing something that you've already written before. That's torturous man and there's a one guy that said something i don't remember which composer he he said if you're having a good time writing you're probably composing a piece of shit (laughs) that's what he said right and i can totally understand that that. about writing novels too yeah it's it's just hard and another thing they said the hardest thing about writing is the application of the ass to the chair (laughs) if there was anything that's true yeah, when that's opportunity true. knocks, it's good if you're there to answer the door. Yeah, that's yeah. Really <laughs> So, but but that's you know I'm feeling that right now. I'm feeling like this urge. I gotta lock myself away and do some you're writing. Sure, it's not indigestion. Just, it could be. It could be. It could be. After what I your ate, I did. I did have Pan Express today for for dinner. Jeez, I'm sorry to hear that. Yeah, I had I had the the, the pepper chicken and oh. the kung pao chicken. So like, oh, a lot of chicken, man. Yeah, you're gonna lay an egg. That's what you're yeah. feeling. That's that's all really good stuff. That's good good information. I feel kind of normal now. Um, question for Bruce. You don't look it. <laughs> this is from Tim. Timothy. Timothy, Timothy from San Francisco. Easy, uh-oh, easy for you to say. Yeah. <laughs> I am currently transcribing learning bird solos. Uh-huh. Bird blues for Alice, to be particular, That's from the good. bird's best bebop on Verve record or whatever it is. Yeah. I feel that if I practice it slowly enough and build up speed, Blah, 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 I will get it. But I'm wondering if you remember when you, and I guess this is for Scott too, learning solos and that, 
were you learning it and you could maybe share that story with me in terms of soloing, fingering things and stuff like that? I guess he's just, what was it like when you were learning stuff like that and how you just transcribed well, it, how you approached it? and You know, you can get overly analytical with that. I mean, it's, it's a saxophone he's played. And some of the stuff he does, nothing, it's easy on the saxophone, but it's natural on the saxophone. And to transfer it over to the guitar is a big challenge. And you should always try to do it. But then you should never lose the fact of really what the music sounds like, what the important notes are, what the ornaments are, and feel free to kind of make it work for yourself. You should hear it first before you try to learn it. Don't just take it note by note, but learn to sing along with the phrase. Learn to really internalize what it feels like and sounds like. Then you'll probably find the easiest way to finger it. Like I have a thing, I and only if like a gun is held to my head or if I'm, if I'm at the end of the fingerboard, will I play a chromatic interval across strings. Unless I want that kind of dissonant sound mm -hmm. against each other. But if I'm playing a bebop line, I will never change a string on a chromatic interval because the timbre shift of, of switching strings doesn't, it almost doesn't sound like a chromatic interval in the context of this music to me. Right. So I will have to shift in order to play certain of those squiggly, triplety kind of, you know, ghost notey kind of things he does and maybe make it a pull off instead of a pick. You know what I mean? Give yourself... If you really hear it, it, you'll be surprised how easy it is to get your hands to do it. Mm. But as long as you're trying to drill it into your hands, it's always going to be difficult. Right. So that's... Do you, do you guys remember, like, back some of the first Shit, solos? I, all, that... I still do it all the time. Yeah. Now, I have a question. I have two. I, I, I learned... Shit, I learned... If, if anybody's got Jeff Berlin's champion record which is first record me and jeff learned the whole solo of cannibal adderley's moravi which is about 50 million rhythm changes choruses and right. we learned the whole fucking thing it's about right. 10 minutes long <laughs> and, and it was hard right now it was one of the hardest things i've ever tried to put under my fingers and i learned the whole solo to giant steps at one point when i was a student i've learned a bunch of uh i think i've learned one charlie parker solo couple Wayne Shorter solos. I can honestly say, and I hope I don't piss anybody off, that none of that did me any good. I don't know why I did it, why I bothered doing it. Mm -hmm. What's been better for me, it's like, why learn the sentence, I left my code at the bank? You can only use that sentence if you leave your code at the fucking bank. How many times in your life is that going to happen? Mm. When are you ever going to play a fucking long solo by that guy or this guy so to me it doesn't make a whole lot of sense to learn whole solos other than to just say i did it and hey here i am playing a whole solo now i i'm saying i haven't done it because i did it I, i've learned even when when i first got my first guitar i learned the solo for whole lot of love and I was able to play it i learned a couple of hendrix solos and jimmy page solos and it was cool to know how it feels to be in the shoes of the guy that was playing those great solos. But personally, I've gotten way more out of learning little words out of those solos and getting those little words into my own solos than I've learned from than I've gotten from learning whole solos. I agree with that. I, I yeah. generally agree with that, but I still think 
that you did I think that you did that uh-huh has provided benefits that you're not even aware of maybe and I don't think yeah. and I and I think that anybody we know who will who mostly agree with us that taking the words is better than taking the whole solo uh-huh they have done a bunch of whole solos yeah, in their past I mean, and, it, and, and it's, it's like fun. it's easy to say you're standing on the foundation of something right exactly but you don't really know what it is because it's buried in the ground right you know, the foundation right, exactly. of the building is right. buried in the ground so right. we don't see it so we know i'm not so so sure it's that important but you know if it wasn't there right Maybe your no, ability I, to I, use I, the I get words. your point. So I think, Tim, yeah. picking these great souls you love, but the key to transcribing, and I have a guy who's using doing one of, I think, one of the world's greatest solos ever on any instrument, which is Wes Montgomery's solo on Gone with the Wind on the incredible jazz guitar record. Mm-hmm. It's just so classic. It's such a beautiful solo. I've got a student who's learning that. Mm-hmm. And I used to be able to play the whole thing. I still can kind of do it. Um I did not let him play any of it till he could sing the whole thing to me. Even when he went to octaves and chords, he's still singing the voice leading, you mm-hmm. know. And we agreed that he, you know, he's, it's like he's a summer student, so he's now just starting to learn it. Mm-hmm. And he's playing the shit out of it. Mm-hmm. And, it's, and it's not hard for him to play. Mm-hmm. You know, because Wes was a real ergonomic player. He didn't mm-hmm. do shit. To, you know, he wasn't like Holdsworthy, where it was like mm-hmm. super dexterous. Right, right. And yet it was amazingly musical mm-hmm. and incredible. And like, he's playing the shit out of this soul. Why? Because he can hear it. Yeah. Well, we talked about that before, is when you when you learn something, you, you memorize it first and be able to sing it first right. before you ever touch your instrument. But and I then think whole solos can you know. be, especially for, and I think I know who this Tim is, mm-hmm. um, being at the younger stages of development, I think it's good to do whole solos, just, mm-hmm. just to get a few under your belt. I think it's even fun, though, Even though else. I agree with Scott, usage of time, Value going forward, you're probably better off with small digestible pieces that you can do more things with. Right. But it is fun to do it. I remember yeah, and, and I remember being able, when I was just young, to be able to play along with Jimmy Page and play a solo that he played. Like, yeah. I'm really doing this. Right. You know? I mean, I remember, I remember once I was it's playing. Fun. We played Giant Steps, and, I, and, and me and the horn player just started playing the solo. Uh-huh. And it became like this fight to who could go further into the solo. <laughs> right. you know? Like about the fourth fourth course, I finally fell off, you know, and yeah, he was still yeah. going. But, you know, I mean, it was like a macho sort of toe-to-toe uh-huh. kind of thing. Right. And, and I know knowing that has really helped me. Okay. But, I mean, I'm not saying that it was better time spent than something else. Yeah, but, I mean, I've done it. I've, I've done a lot, And actually, you play your you ass know, off, so that's a, a lot. that's a real endorsement for doing it. It's, 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 for me, it was always just a fun thing to do. And I look back on that thing that I learned, the hardest thing I learned, because it was absolutely the most chops-laden and longest, that cannonball. You know, cannonball had monster chops, yeah, oh, right? It's so, so beautiful. So there were some things that he was playing that was just, I had to figure out, how in the world am I gonna f- finger this, and how am I gonna use my legato technique to pull this off as fast as he did? And it took me so such a it took me at least three weeks to learn that solo and get it up to speed before we could sound record like a long it. Time. it. Yeah, but we're talking three <clears throat> weeks of hours and hours a right, day okay. of, of working on it. It was a long time, and it was so physically hard to play that I literally had to. I mean. First, of course, playing it slow and then gradually building up to speed and, until you're finally there at the metronome tempo you need to be. Yeah. 
it was still uh, to this day that was the biggest challenge of my career. When you're approaching something like that, would you would you take it a, just a bar at a time, memorize that bar, yeah. and move on? Stuff yeah, like of that? course. Yeah. yeah, but you yeah. could sing the whole solo before you even started. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I listened so, to it in the car for weeks before. So he I was even playing tried by ear by the time he was transcribing. Yeah, 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 right. yeah. I would never. I never learn anything unless I already know it in my head. Mm-hmm. Because then all you have to worry about is the fingerings. Yeah. Yeah. But that in that particular solo, that was a lot. What solo was this? Cannonball. Cannonball. Uh, the song is called Morabi. Morabi. And it's a rhythm changes tune. And I don't know which Cannonball album it's on, but um, we learned the whole damn solo. Right. And, and man, it was it even was... though it's an electric bass, which is of course way more an acoustic bass, which I often play melodies with. Um, you had a lot of responsibility. That was hard, you know, man. because like the bass, the bass can kind of like fudge it, but you got to yeah. nail it. It was really and, hard. And I did the same with John Clayton. I did uh, Charlie Parker's solo on Coco. Mm-hmm. I actually did that originally with Lanny Morgan, like when I was mm-hmm. twenty. But then I did on one of my records, and like John Clayton called me up. I sent him to him. I said, you know, da 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 da. He says, "You want to do this?" I said, "Yeah." He says. Can you do it? <laughs> and I said, <laughs> I Yeah. He says, What tempo? And I, you know, I said, Well, what, what, what's the tempo? And he says, Can you do it? And I, I turned the like the metronome on while I was talking to him, and I played it, you know, for him. I says, Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> he goes, Okay. And I wanted him to do it with his bow, which is kind of easier right. yeah. to project, you know, than the pits. And and the first time the first the first take of it his bow blew out, all the hairs just kind of exploded. Well, I like to say he he had a bow job, you know, and uh, and, and then he luckily he had a second one and he, he did it. And it's kind of cool. It was just the bridge, so yeah. it wasn't a whole long thing. Yeah. listening to Guitar Wank Podcast with Bruce Foreman, Scott Henderson, and your host, Troy McCubbin. I know, who who let this guy do this job, right? Hope you guys are having a good time with this podcast and enjoying what we have to say or not enjoying what we have to say. Just a little reminder, uh, Guitar Wank Roadshow, Thursday, September 1st, Hollywood, California, Musicians Institute, doors open at 12. If you haven't reserved your seats... Do so at guitarwank at gmail.com. Send us an email, reserve your seats, and if you feel like it, send us a donation. We really appreciate it. VIP packages, there's a few still available. As I said, VIP seating at the show, dinner on us after the show, and then back to Prohibition Studios for a hang with Scott and Bruce and ask questions, play, whatever you guys want to do. A big thanks and shout-out to Michael Landau. Uh, we, me and Bruce saw him at the Baked Potato the other week. Wow. <laughs> guy just is amazing. He's such a, an amazing player, and the tones were nuts. If you don't know Michael Landau, you got to check out Mike. Thank you. And he listens to the show, so big thanks, Michael. We appreciate that. And all the people outside the Baked Potato and inside that were giving a shout-out about the show and... It was really cool to have you guys come up and say g'day and say how much you're enjoying the show. No one at all threw anything at us. That was pretty impressive. So we didn't get kicked out. So that was great. (laughs) So very cool. Uh, Got to see Bruce Foreman and Pat Kelly the other night at the Federal Bar in uh, North Hollywood. Wow. Amazing. Such great players. So if you get a chance to see these guys, you know, check their websites and you can check Viva Cantina in Burbank for all those local people. 
lots of great players playing there and uh, yeah it's just amazing to see these guys play I think that's it get back to the show and uh, we will see all those people on the 1st of September at Guitar Wank Roadshow Scott, you nailed it as usual. What did I do? You nailed it. On what? Going by Paul. A lot, a, a lot of uh, why people don't like jazz is because of the lack of interaction between the musicians. Yeah, that's probably true. End of story. That's what this guy said. Is that saying. it? Well, thanks. Wait a minute. <laughs> Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait the. F- Okay, and the same okay, can be true okay. for any other music as well, but jazz is supposed to be more interactive. It and really happens. Thank you, Scott. Okay, okay. It doesn't happen enough, perhaps, particularly now, because everybody's playing shit that's so hard, they're like buried in a chart and everything. Uh-huh. But come on, pop music, they're all playing their parts like weeks apart. No offense, you just mm-hmm. you just you just recorded on a record. You didn't play with anybody. What, I mean, you're interacting because you can hear what they're doing. But I mean, it's not like the drummer's going to catch what you're. But playing. I think he's just saying that jazz is is the kind of music that's supposed to be interactive. And, and when it, you don't interact, right, then it kind of right. does the music because everybody a now is practicing at the same time. Yeah, that's yeah. true. And I'm sorry I said that. And I'm and I'm talking about you guys, you young vanguard. You you know, even when you do listen to each other, you can't tell you are because. There's so much shit going on. It sounds like everybody's stolen at the same fucking time. Mm-hmm. And I know I'm, I'm 60 now. I can tell the truth. I've been nice to you all all these years. And I really appreciate how virtuosic you are. You play a hell of a lot better than we did when we were your age. But do something with it. You know what I mean? A gun is only good when you can aim it and shoot it at the right thing. And a pecker is only good when you have a partner. <laughs> <laughs> Or you have to pee. (laughs) (laughs) Now I'm going back to sleep. (laughs) You know what, though? You know, I was just to say, I'll just throw this in there just really quickly. Um, On some of the workshops that that I do, you know, some of those workshops, you have to listen to a band. That's your job. And you have to go listen to a bunch of kids. And I remember so, so many times going to see like a bunch of kids playing and they're not necessarily those guys you're talking about the virtuoso guys they're just young kids learning how to play jazz and right. they can kind of play over changes they're kind of at that intermediate level where they can make the changes and stuff but they're they're playing a tune sort of like okay I'm doing really good here to make it through the changes and play all the right notes and I'm reading the chart you know, that I'm, I'm becoming a good reader. Someone can put a, a book in front of me and I can get all the way through the changes and not lose my place in the form, which is good. I mean, that's something you really need to learn. But there is no, absolutely no interaction whatsoever. Right. And I ask these students every time, have you ever gone into a room and just jammed? Like ever? And they haven't because they didn't come up through rock. Mm. See, in rock, it's all about jamming. Yeah. At least in the 60s and 70s rock. It's all about jamming. It's like, we're going to go to a jam session. When you go to a jam session, someone starts playing, and then someone else starts playing, and then someone else starts playing, and you're jamming. Yeah. And you're listening to what this guy's going to do, because that's what's going to determine what you do. There are no charts. There are no changes. <laughs> so, so I'm like, you guys, you're just sort of missing a big part of music by never jamming. It's this academic part. You're you're getting down pretty well, but 
the fact that you've never jammed and you're leaving that out of what you're doing now is not helping you sound the best that you can sound. So right. I say, you know, I always just say, go into a room, you know, turn off the lights, m make a movie score. You just think about a sound that you make. But keep your clothes you know, on. Just whatever, you know, yeah, keep your clothes on. But, you know, no no paternity suits. So, so you just, you just, you know, you make a little sound, you make a thing, you make a sound, you make a sound because of that, and you set a mood, and it gets louder, it gets really softer and stuff. But the point is, you're all listening to each other, and you've taken the academics of music, and you've thrown them in the trash. They don't exist. Because all you're doing is making noise. Yeah. But it's noise that makes sense because it all belongs together. It's all reactive noise because you're reacting to each other. Now take that and put it into these all the things you are. Right. And then you got something. And that's that's what I think this guy's talking Amen. about. Amen. And you know. take responsibility to make something happen. Don't just take responsibility to make the changes. Yeah, because because wow. if you don't if you don't do it, then then no deep. maybe nobody else will either. <laughs> what are the three That's things? Great. What are the three That's things it. in music? Three things in music: get a sound. Second thing, feel the beat. You don't have to play the beat. You can play against the beat, but you got to feel what's happening collectively. You know, if it's just you, it's just you. If it's too, you got to feel that beat that's happening around you. Get your sound, feel a beat. And the third thing is make something happen. You do if it's if it's clicking on all three of those cylinders, you got great music. Then you can take jazz. your clothes off. Then, <laughs> people no, really, might take really, their clothes but, off. But for I you. think where it ends up happening is that the intellect is so involved. That those three elements aren't clicking. Say that again. So it's get a sound. Get a sound. Feel the beat. Feel the beat. Make something happen. Make something happen. It should be on a t-shirt. Maybe we'll do it. Let's do a t-shirt. We should do a t-shirt. We should put that on a t-shirt. <laughs> you know what I've always the three fingers of Wang. <laughs> you know what I really <laughs> right? would make yeah. the best. I had the best t-shirt. No, actually, you know, Guitar Wang's the best t-shirt. Alan ha Alan Hurts, the drummer that I play with, right. engineer. He had the best idea for a T-shirt ever. You know, you know Dave Carpenter, the yeah. bass player that died. Yeah. You know that he was Buddy Rich's bass player when those Buddy Rich tapes were made. Right. And he's the guy when Buddy Rich goes, "What kind of settings you got on the bass tonight?" And Dave just said he was like 19 at the time. He goes, "Settings." And Buddy Rich goes, yeah, I think that's fairly much English. <laughs> fairly much English. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so Alan said we should make a picture of just Dave Carpenter's head yeah. and the word settings with a question mark. Yeah. God, that's fairly much. I think fairly much English is better than that. Fairly much that's English. Great T-shirt idea. That's and a I really know good Carpenter would have loved it. <laughs> I, I I like those three things. Say it again. Get a sound. Get a sound. Feel the beat. Feel the beat. Make something happen. Make something happen. You do that. Make something that happen. happen. If 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 you do those three things, you take responsibility for those three things. You're okay. It's so simple. Life is simple. It's just not easy. Damn, listeners, look at the value Boy, listen, you are getting listen, from this podcast. Bruce is on fire. Oh my God. Oh, shit, put me out quick.